Good morning, and welcome back to another episode of the Just Jefferson Podcast. I'm coming to you live from, well, it's not really live, but I'm recording right now from Highway 40 West, headed from beautiful North Carolina, headed towards beautiful Tennessee for the Frank Galley and Mark Taylor course, precision rifle course at Treadproof. Um, I am currently in the Greensboro area. I've recorded this podcast already. It is seven. It is eight o'clock right now on the dot, and I had recorded one starting at five thirty, and the audio was kind of shit because I'm in the truck and you can hear a lot of uh, road noise and stuff. And I had the phone in my lap, so that yeah, I don't know. It was, it was you had to turn your volume up a lot to hear it, and it wasn't it wasn't very good. So I'm re-recording. Um, going to try to touch on some of the things. I think it was a pretty good recording other than the audio. So touching the same things as I did in the original recording. So this course I signed up for, I believe, I'm trying to remember if it was this year or the end of last year when I signed up for it. I can't remember. Um, but it was definitely pre-COVID. But I wanted this date in particular because it had a couple different treadproof dates because it's about a 10 and a half hour drive um, but I wanted the tread proof dates uh, for the October the late October class because I am familiar with well at least three quarters of this drive because um, I go this is literally the same exact way I go to Kentucky to uh, Whitetail Heaven Outfitters whenever I hunt up there um, it's an absolute gorgeous drive and this time of year around the mountain areas and even the piedmont foothill areas it is an absolutely beautiful drive i don't enjoy driving i don't i drive so much every day for work that i just get sick of driving but not all drives are created equal so 10 hours going north is shitty as fuck 10 hours going south is not quite as shitty but 10 hours going west is a beautiful drive going through the mountains of both north carolina and tennessee um the piedmont area the foothills it's it's gorgeous it's the the more beautiful parts of our state um and it's it's not as bad i'd rather drive 10 hours going west than six hours going north or south honestly so um that's what we're doing so this class uh frank galley from snipers hide and mark taylor um a former marine scout sniper instructor i think he was actually frank's instructor but they team up and go around the country doing different uh, venues, doing the same course pretty much. And it's a, I'm really excited about it. I've been, I've been preaching forever for, and not just me, everybody who's, I guess you would say a gun influencer, which I don't claim to be, but 
um, you know, go get instruction, go get formal instruction, good instruction, you know, whether it be precision rifle, whether it be three gun, defensive pistol, defensive carbine, whatever, um, go get instruction. And I've been a huge proponent of that and yet never gotten formal instruction. So this is me doing that. And I think it's always in benefit to uh, get a brush up, a um, knock the rust off of your fundamentals. I like to think that I am a fundamental shooter. I try to keep my fundamentals at the forefront of my thought process when shooting, even in competition, which a lot of people kind of throw them out the window in competition. But I I try to keep them at the forefront because I think that's what makes you an all-around great marksman. Um, Kind of what Phil and Kalen talk about with being a modern-day rifleman is being an all-well-rounded shooter no matter the venue or situation um it you know you're compounding off of your fundamentals and it's always going to be you're always better off using your fundamentals and um but you know without somebody i mean i've had phil look at me a little bit because when he came and, and hung out with me and stayed with me and shot a match. You know, we went over a little bit, but nothing in depth or whatever. But uh, you don't know what you're doing all the time unless you're looking at yourself or have someone looking at you. So that's what this is going to be about. And wind. I would like to be able to have a better understanding of wind and how to get first-round impacts um, instead of doing your stereotypical 90-second par time, uh, you know, make a win call and just adjust from there um, because you can't really make win calls on the clock. That that, that is a pet peeve of mine uh, in about the southeast. I mean, I get, I get why we have 90-second par times, why they're not two minutes because, well, we don't have wind. So what we do here is we make crazy positions and um, you know small targets or crazy positions, short part times. So that's kind of the that's kind of the course of action for putting together a course of fire in the southeast. And I get it, but I, I still think it takes away from the marksmanship side. Uh, kind of like what Frank talks about a lot with distance creates time and opportunity. You know, you may not need to get off 10 shots in 90 seconds. You know, let's let's get back to each shot having its own individual wind call to get first-round impacts. You know, because we've, it seems that we've gotten away with that with the game that we play. And so anyway, I know Tennessee, there's not a lot of wind, just like there's not a lot of wind in North Carolina, but I'm hoping Frank and Mark keep the same course that they teach in places that are heavy winds. You know, um, I I imagine we'll have a lot of similar winds that we do back home uh, with whether it be switchy tailwinds and such. 
you know, how, how to combat those, uh, how to best prepare for a first round impact in those type of conditions or, or whatnot. So it'll help. And I'm, I'm excited about it. And, uh, it's kind of like one of those destination matches where like, Oh, I want to go shoot the heat stroke or I want to go shoot the silent night or the sniper's hide cup or the gap grind you know that's a destination match this is kind of like a destination course you know because i mean frank puts on one of the the better courses in the country and uh and it was mark as well and even when frank's with with mike my man mike menchaca the wind god um you know that's a destination course and it's three days I'm excited about it. And me and Frank are going to record a podcast. I don't know if it's going to be for the Everyday Sniper or if, or if it's going to be for the Just F Ascended podcast. But regardless, I don't care either way. It's going to be it's going to be a good a good time. Um, you know, Frank is one of the reasons why I'm doing a podcast. The Everyday him and Mike starting the Everyday Sniper. Uh, it's one of the reasons why I even started my podcast. So it's going to be fun. Um, if we do it for the everyday sniper, I don't know. I might even just put my phone in between us and record and and post it on mine as well. I don't know if I'll do that or not. Um, because I don't really have anybody listening to mine that probably doesn't already listen to Frank. So you'll be getting the same one on both. I, I, so I don't know which one I'll do. Uh, I'm, I'm down for either way. Um, Frank wants to, wants to play it. So... Uh, equipment, I am taking my AI with the 6 Creed barrel on with 240 rounds of Hornady 6 Creed ammo, the 108 ELDMs. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I could take him a 6.5, but I just, I didn't, I shot up a lot of my 6.5 ammo at the VPRC match when my had the whole debacle with my dasher loads but um so yeah it'll be fun i got the suppressor on i know frank and mark appreciate civilized shooting on the firing line so that's what that's what we're rolling with um tab gear rear bag wax canvas mini fortune cookie for any positional stuff i got a new pack i don't think i've touched on it uh lately since i've got it um I've been in a, in search for the pack for me, and I think I found it. So it's an Everly Stock Little Brother. It's got one big main compartment. Uh, it's got kind of the flap, the double zipper flap. You flap it, you know, open, and then it's got the big center compartment um, for basically everything. And then it has a, a compartment on top for smaller stuff which is perfect for tools pins dope cards kestrel you know stuff like that um it it carries very well i like it this is my third everly stock pack um in the search for the one and i I think this is it i haven't carried it in a match yet but it um just loading it with everything from my old pack fits in it and 
even so, it feels, it carries lighter. I know it doesn't weigh really anything noticeably different um, because it's literally the same loadout, but it, the way it carries, it feels different. It feels lighter, and I like it. So that's what everything's in. Um, and a cooler full of fucking beer. I've got the two six-packs of the 1985 Voodoo Ranger that I found uh, at the grocery store. I posted a picture on Instagram. I've got that, and I've got some other mixed beers, uh, some Terrapin beers. And if you're coming to this, I know there's a few listeners that are going to be in, in this class. I've got a little surprise for you. So I think y'all will enjoy it. Um, definitely get Mark and Frank to partake. So um, it's all in the cooler. I'm going to stop probably somewhere in the mountains to throw some ice on it. Get her nice and chilled. But uh, I'm excited about it. It's, um, it's a change. I, I, I haven't done anything. I haven't done any courses like this knowing that I needed to. Um, and this is the one, one of the ones I want. There's a bunch of courses I want to do. Uh, this is one of the ones I'd like to do one in, uh, definitely with Jacob in rifles only. He, his is definitely a destination course. Um, but I'd also like to do Jake Vibbert's course. He did a competition course, um, in, at Pig River a few, well, I guess probably over a month ago. And my buddy, Eric Burrell, shout out to you, Eric. Um, he took the course and loved it. Now, mind you, Eric has been on a fucking ass tear this year anyway, shooting lights out. And he he feels as though he still picked up some great stuff, especially seeing Trace and, and a lot of the positional work uh, with Jake. And that's something that I wish I could have done. I had something planned that weekend. So I, I don't even remember what it was, but I had something. Maybe it was a match. I don't know what a match. I don't know what it was. I had something planned that weekend. But, yes, there's a lot of courses I'd like to take. Um, I'd like to take Frank's course in Colorado with the wind. You know, it's you, you can't bring the wind here. So, But they'll, they do the best they can with the conditions that they're given. Conditions look pretty good for this weekend. Uh, Friday, tomorrow is day one. From what I saw, it's calm for like 60% chance of showers, thunderstorms, um, high of like 80. Yeah, it's been a little warm. And then I guess that front coming through is going to cool it down a little bit. Saturday and Sunday are cooler. They're in like high of 60s, uh, no chance of rain. I didn't even check to see the wind is doing. It doesn't really matter. I, I won't win, but uh, if there's not wind, it's, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, so it's looking pretty good. It's uh, it's going to be fun, I believe. Hoping to bring a lot home with me and be a more fundamentally-minded shooter because that, that's what I want. That's what I've, I've always, you know, strived to be. Yeah. <sighs> um, I think that about covers the match. Or not the match. Fuck the court. I'm so used to saying match. Um, going to matches. Uh, that covers the, the course talk, I believe. 
Yeah, I'm a couple Red Bulls and a cup of coffee and half a Diet Mountain Dew into the morning. Um, so I'm driving. I'm driving my my father's pickup truck because I have been for the last Tuesday will be seven weeks. Um, transmission issues, warranty issues, extended warranty because I had to buy the got 78,000 miles in the truck and I have a 100,000 mile extended factory Ford warranty this isn't a this isn't a third party warranty um, this is a Ford warranty it's just the extended one and they're jerking my dick around and not just mine they're jerking the Ford dealership's dick around Obviously, the the process of fixing a vehicle under the sixty thousand mile warranty is much much different than the extended warranty of which you pay for. I got we got it when we got the truck. Uh, without going into further detail of the nitty gritty of what the problem is, transmission problems. They have thrown parts at it for four weeks broken collectively four weeks uh, the first three times taking it in okay and it's been like a week here a week and a half there three days here you know where it equaled about four weeks total then I take I take it back this last time and then it's been an additional seven solid weeks without my vehicle so you're looking at 11 weeks total without my truck for the same fucking issue and I've been saying this whole time change the transmission change the transmission the transmission is fucked and they've been trying to have the change the transmission but Ford wouldn't let them till finally they've convinced them as of yesterday to for Ford to give them the go-ahead to order a transmission an $8,000 transmission that will fix it when they're $4,000 in already on this last stint of parts that they fucking thrown at it. It seems to me, and I've been told by people in the industry, that today's dealership service technician is not your normal, stereotypical mechanic. They're more of a parts installer. They get a problem, they call Ford or Chevrolet. It's all of them. It's not just Ford, it's all of them. And Ford happens to be one of the better ones, so I've been told by my cousin who's in the industry who doesn't even like Ford. He's like, Ford is one of the better ones as far as this whole problem goes. But they, they call Ford, hey, we have a vehicle in with this problem, and they give you these parts to change out. What they've become is... They've become cell phone companies, meaning you're not going to keep the same phone for three or four years, five years. No, you're going to get an update that's going to purposely fuck your phone to where they're going to want you to buy a new phone. Well, that's what they're doing with this. Once your warranty runs out, they want you to have to feel forced to buy a new vehicle to stay in a perpetual car payment. That's really the only, there's no, there's not the money in it to have a vehicle that lasts 10 or 15 years. No, they want you to get into a new vehicle. So that's why they do this shit. 
Well, here I am. You know, I got a three-year-old vehicle outside the warranty with needing the transmission to be replaced. Now, mind you, when they dropped the transmission for the first time a few weeks ago, they saw that there was a one of the main seals or, or gaskets meeting the, I guess it's for the transfer case, uh, was like twisted and fucked up from the factory, from assembly, and which should have been causing problems from the get-go that I'm lucky that it's just now causing problems, according to Ford. Um, but either way, you know, I, I, can't, I, I liken it to what I deal with on a daily basis with water heaters in uh, my line of work. I'm constantly having to have my employees put in water heaters at apartments that we just replaced like a few years ago, but also replacing ones that were made in like the 90s. So the way they used to make water heaters, they would last for 20 years. But now it's, I mean, that was a dead buck on the side of the road. Um, you know, now it's, we're replacing water heaters literally months outside of their warranty, right? Now that's by the, that's by design. So what I'm thinking is going on at the water heater plants is they say, okay, we make this water heater, we're going to sit on it with water filled up and see how long it takes for the bottom to rust out. Boom, it rusts out. Ah, that lasted too long. We need it to last just past their warranty to where it shits out and they've got to buy a new one. It's exactly what car manufacturers are apparently doing. But either way, the transmission is ordered. It should be in today, hopefully in or tomorrow, and they'll get it put in Monday or Tuesday of next week, and I'll finally have my fucking truck back. Oh, anyway, um, yeah, guys, we are moving on. We are two weeks from yesterday, uh, Tuesday, so we're less than two weeks away from D-Day, from Election Day. And I fear, no matter the outcome, it's going to get bad. It's going to get worse. Uh, my opinion is Trump has got to win in reality, win in a landslide before he could win by the skin of his teeth due to the immense amount of voter fraud that's that's already happening, so they're finding out, but that's it's just going to get worse. And we're not going to know who the president is until at earliest December, in my opinion. You're not going to know election the day after the election or election night. You're not going to know. No, you're going to know earliest December, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. But, I mean, you've got, hey, it's coming out now, the latest shit coming out of the Biden campaign. Hey, his son is snorting coke off a fucking 14-year-old girl's ass. Pictures of it. Picture, photo, evidence of it. Okay. You got Joe Biden, who's apparently on the take from a Chinese company, whom 
there is no Chinese company that's not directly answering to the Chinese Communist Party. Um, so, in essence, he's taking money off the Chinese Communist Party. And we know he's been sucking Chinese cock his entire career. That's nothing new. But now we've got further proof that it's happening. And, I, you know, if it had been, if it had been Trump, at this same exact evidence coming from Trump, he'd have been ripped out of the White House by the federal police, FBI, whoever, and perp-walked into jail. It's treason. And it's what it is. It's treason. And, uh, yeah, that's what we're dealing with. And I still think there's going to be He's still, by election day, he's still going to be on the ballot to be eligible to be the president. Nothing, I don't think anything will get done in time for anything to change. But it doesn't matter. You've got a large group of people that are willing to give up everything for the cause. La resistance. It is their religion. It is the newfound religion. Progressivism, Leninism, Marxism. It's it's a religion. And progressivism is their God. And anybody who votes for Orange Man or doesn't go along with their agenda is evil. You are an evil person. Um, What they're talking about now is talking about doing a what is it called? It's left me a um, reckoning of reconciliation meet whatever basically the same thing that happens after apartheid uh if you were of any person of power and you of any way shape or form helped or supported president trump the last five years you will be immediately removed from your place of power stripped of everything fuck they're probably gonna push for prison time and then you know have a reconciliation of America apologizing for everything that's been going on the past four years. And if you think that stops with just politicians, you're, you've got another thing coming out. Is that going to happen? Who knows? But that's what you're dealing with is people who think that should happen. Basically have a big national court for anybody that was on the right you are the defendant. You are on trial. And that only happens in places like South Africa where genocide occurred. And that's what we're talking about doing here. They are, they are likening Trump being president and having the greatest economy this history has ever seen. And, you know... You have 50%, 56% of Americans saying that they're better off now than they were, you know, four years ago when before Trump took office. Uh, 
you have people saying that is akin to genocide and complete corruptness. It's amazing to me. You don't even have to like Trump. You don't even have to like him. But you just have to say, be the, the, the person who says that he's closer to a normal than what is being pushed in the left. You might as well be a part of his cabinet. That's how evil you are. It's sick. And if you think that if if Biden wins in a landslide, if they're going to say, oh, okay, well, let's put down the bats, let's put down the the bike locks, let's put down the mace and the, the signs and the black mask and hoodies, and let's, let's sing Kumbaya and, and become one country again. Everything is great. If you think that's what's going to happen if he fucking wins, you are sadly, sadly mistaken and naive. Because that's not going to happen no matter who wins. No, now it's, all right, bend the knee. Bend the knee because we are in power now and we have nobody to stop us. So it's, you better hope Trump wins and it's just them pissed off. I mean, because that's, either way it's going to be ugly for us, but that's going to be the better route. So they're going to be less emboldened and less... They're going to be emboldened of the fact of of their resolve, but it's not going to be emboldened out of a place of power. That's what's going to be the scariest uh, situation. Um, Yeah, you've got people... I can't believe it. People that are actually a fucking 50 cent coming out in... He said, I don't care if Trump like black, don't like black people or not. I'm voting for Trump because of these taxes. 62% in California, 62% income tax in uh, New York City. That is absurd. Absolutely absurd. You keep $380 of your $1,000 check that you make. That's fucking absurd. Um... Uh, all kinds of people are, are actually stepping up and stepping out to their own dismay, professional dismay, really, which is sad, but that's, that's what they're doing, which I'm glad they are. I, I support them. But, and I don't want anyone to think that I'm some big Trump stumper. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I, I think Trump says some absolutely retarded shit. He's his own worst enemy. He makes bad decisions, which no one's perfect, but he makes bad decisions. Uh, you know, I don't like his drunken spending that he's done, but I do like a lot of things that he has done. Tax reform, uh, deregulation. Um, there's a whole a whole heap of good things he's done. Um, getting us out of wars, not starting new ones. He's the first president since shit. I can remember to not start a new war. Um, there, there's a lot of good things he's done. And really, one of the things I like the most is a lack of bad things that's been done. Like, not that he's done, he's done a lot of good things, but it's not all just 
because everything he's done has been great. No, it's just been there hasn't been a whole heap of a lot of bad shit that's been put in place uh, under his administration, at least not by his administration. Uh, state level is completely different. You know, the one thing you got to give him is that through the Corona stuff, he had an opportunity. Oh, the the office, not just Trump, but whomever what was in office had the opportunity for a gigantic, unprecedented power grab, and he didn't take it. He didn't do it. That, to me, is equivalent of doing something great, is not doing something horrible. And that's what it's been... Now, now what do you think Biden will do or would have done had he been, or if Hillary had have been president? What kind of power grab do you think that they would have done would have taken place under their administrations or will be done under an, a Biden administration. The problem with power grabs is they never give the power back. They never give it back. Every power grab that's been done, it's never been given back. So our only hope is to have a president that doesn't grab more. So... I, I don't know. You know, there's there's a song by a band that's one of my favorite bands. Uh, they're called uh, the Steelwoods. Uh, they're like a modern day Leonard Skinner. They're actually from Alabama, even though Leonard Skinner's from Florida. Um, but that cl- kind of a classic rock sound. Um, I love them. And uh, their latest album, um, it's actually this, uh, the uh, track. That I'm talking about is the title of the album Old News. So the song Old News is about America being so polarized, how they hate each other. They hate because they hate each other because they think the other side hates them. Um, and basically, let's roll up our sleeves and come to an agreement and basically be Americans again. Um, it's a beautiful song. And a beautiful sentiment. And I think that it can happen in the distant future. It, it's very, very highly improbable for the near future. Because of what, how polarized we are. And the fact that we're not polarized over policy. We're not polarized over policy issue. We're polarized over ideals. And right now, only one party loves America. The other one fundamentally hates America because they say that it that America is fundamentally evil. That is based off of evil. Its its roots are deep in hatred, bigotry, racism, evil, misogyny, uh, all of these things that. So if it you got if it's evil at the root, then all of the fruits have to be evil as well. So we have to basically cut it down and kill it and rebuild basically you know the Soviet Union because that's what the end goal is. The end goal is the Soviet Union or communist China. And those are I mean the Russia and Communist China and North Korea are the most some of the most evil 
tyrannical governments in history. Both those ideals of style of government have killed more people than anybody, than anything on the planet. So that's what their goal is. And that's what we're fighting against. I don't foresee me and a fucking pussy hat wearing social justice warrior, you know, putting down the bats and shaking hands and, you know, going out for Starbucks together. It's not happening because it's not a a policy difference. You know, there are people out there, blue dog Democrats, that are just your classical blue dog Democrat that loves America, that just maybe see things a little bit differently as far as spending and, you know, taxes and, you know, education, stuff like that. But they love America. They're out there. They're just hijacked, and they're not the majority anymore. They're the minority now. They are the fringe, whereas the typical fringe, what you would think is the fringe, the crazies, are now the typical. They are the majority as far as who's pushing the party. Not in numbers, but in who's, who's pushing the party is them. So, I don't know. I don't have high hopes for us in the near coming future, but I do have high hopes for us in the far distant future. Um, you know, this all started in the, in the fifties and sixties with the French postmodern era in the universities. So the, the, the social justice warriors of today are the children and grandchildren of the social justice warriors of then of yesteryear. And it's like, Hey, our, chickens are coming home to roost anyway I'm sorry for the rant it's just something that's important to me and it's I think it's important to the country um, needs to get said and we need we've we've got to show the fuck up and vote I voted uh, Monday I voted Monday and I don't like early voting I do not like early voting I think there should be no early voting I think there should be you vote on, I think election day should be a national holiday where you do not work. You don't work. You, it's just like Labor Day and Memorial Day or 4th of July or in Christmas Day. You're off work. Everything's closed except for the polls. You have multiple polling stations to be able to cut down on the, obviously, you're not waiting three hours to vote. Um, but everybody's off work so they can do that. Uh, I think that's what should be done um, and do one day and in-person voting none of this fucking bullshit these ballots the mail-in ballots um, no early voting that's my opinion but I did early voting anyway because I think there's probably going to be a bigger show in this election than probably any election in history so get out there and vote guys vote how you want. Don't vote how I'm telling you to. You vote how you want to, how you're convicted to. So, anyway, I'm going to get off here. It's 8.30. I don't know how long have I been recording. It's only 40 minutes. The last one was like 51 minutes. So, you got an abbreviated version. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh, one thing that's probably put me over that time, uh, that time mark is the subject of I'm thinking about removing myself from social media. 
So I had already done that, but only brought it back with Instagram and Facebook for the podcast. Now, I'd like to, I did it for, you know, help to grow the podcast. I would like to be able to just have the podcast to where I can communicate with you guys via the comments. If y'all would comment enough um, to justify it, um, uh, and I'm thinking about setting up a, a specific email for the podcast alone, um, and uh, just getting rid of Instagram and Facebook. Um, considering who, how Instagram and Facebook, and which I've never been on Twitter, but Twitter um, are behaving themselves, I I don't I don't want to really be a part of that if I if I don't have to for the podcast. So if y'all can help you know, communicate with me via the comments or via email. Um, it'll make me feel better about deleting social media. I'm not doing it right now, but it, it's, it's inevitable. It's coming. I'm going to delete social media. Um, so you can comment with me in the podcast, uh, comments on the Podbean app. I don't even check the other ones. So if you're on iTunes, I don't know if the iTunes comments populate over on Podbean or not, uh, or all the other um, uh, Spotify, Amazon, all the other platforms that the podcast is on. I don't know if the I have never even checked their comments, so I guess I need to go and check the comments over there. Um, But anyway, um, somehow comment there and keep the podcast growing. where I think we're over 17,000 downloads, which, you know, in comparison to some of the other big podcasts and even some of the the bigger Precision Rifle podcasts, 17,000 isn't much. But I'll be honest, it it's it's uh, gone farther than I expected it to. It's gotten more reach than I expected it to. So um, I appreciate that, guys. Appreciate y'all listening, downloading. Uh, do me a favor, and if you are a listener, download the podcast. Don't just stream it. Download it. There's no metric for me to know how many people it's getting, um, how, how many people it's reaching out to if you just stream it. There's no metric for counting that. So it's only downloads. So anyway, um, just be I'll, I'll before I delete social media, it'll be uh, like an announcement of when I'm doing it or whatever. So, um, just keep an eye out, but if y'all have any guests that you'd like for me to have on, you know, in the community, if you want me to do a, a dog related, a a working dog related episode, um, I've been, I've been conjuring up that idea and thinking of cooking up that idea of who I want on. I pretty much know who I want to have on for that. Um, and I'm sure they would love to come on for it. They're one of my closest friends in the, in the dog world. Um, uh, you know, whatever, whatever content y'all want covered, whatever guests y'all want to have on, let me know. I've got Josh Coons. He needs to come back on. We've been trying to get that squared away. We've got a, a few other announcements for Patriot Valley Arms to, to put out there. New solids, uh, solid bullets, um, match and hunting, uh, the Cayuga and uh, Seneca lines of the uh, Finger Micronic bullets. So, um, yep, 
take a look out uh, keep a lookout for that thanks for the support guys let me know let me hear you let me hear your voices so that that way i can know what direction you want me to take the podcast so thanks again and uh keep an ear and eye out for our episode from frank if it's if it's going to be on his podcast then i'll uh i'll just make an announcement to go like on social media to go and look um over at the everyday sniper um, podcast on podbean and itunes and if not it'll be posted here so thanks guys again and catch you on the flip